As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. We have so much to talk about. I blocked off four hours, Andy. Is that enough? Uh, listen, we may need it because we may just have to go through this USC Cal game that's going on right now. Auburn and Mississippi State are in overtime as we speak. Uh, I was going to wait until this game ended, but then it was like, I don't, we got so much going on. We're just going to have to get to it when we get to it because they they might keep playing for a little while. Who, who knows? These guys may go to nine overtime. So, yeah. All right. Where, no, do, we, where do we start with this chaos is happening. LSU beats Alabama in overtime. Notre Dame beats Clemson. We know who number one is because Tennessee womp Georgia. Uh, SMU and and Houston tried to break the scoreboard. The Let's scoreboard see. barrier. What else? What else happened? It, it is just a I blacked massive. out while you were listing it all, and I can't remember if you forgot anything. Ohio State uh, played a clunker. Played a terrible game against. Uh, Illinois lost. They're out of the lucky 13. Illinois lost. Okay, why don't we just start from the top here? Uh, the, the, the the game of the week. Uh, which one would that be? That was a trick, man. <laughs> You're supposed to know the answer to that question, not me. I'm going to start in Baton Rouge, okay? I, yeah, because it happened most in recently, and we did a YouTube video about Alabama and Tennessee. I mean, sorry. God dang. There's so much happening right now about yeah, uh, we, Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so you can go check that out. And a lot of people listening to this now already heard us do that spiel. So we'll put that later on. And it gives people a reason to stick around. So let's start in Baton Rouge. Start Brian in Baton Kelly Rouge. can talk in whatever accent he wants now. He can dance however he wants now. He can it have doesn't any, matter. Um, anybody's in his family. His family, his family got a lot bigger <laughs> as, tonight. As far as bigger. I'm concerned, that's the correct way to pronounce it. <laughs> Talk about the stones, man. The stones. Wow. And you were texting me as he, as they're going for two. Do I didn't you know like if it was good call? or not. And I'm like, I happened. don't know. I have no clue. Now, I will say, Jane Daniels scored so easily on that first play from overtime. I I get feeling confident that, that he can run the ball in if something breaks down. Turned out nothing broke down. The, the play they ran to Mason Taylor was perfect. How about Mason Taylor? True freshman. Now, gr- granted... You know, dad is is Jason Taylor. Mom is Zach Thomas's sister. So lots of good football genes. I in think this guy. I think you're guaranteed but, to be good at football when those are your family members. But but they, but I mean, 
unbelievable touchdown catch in the fourth quarter by him. And then great he, play he design catches. too. You yeah. know what I was thinking about as they lined up for that two point conversion? I kept thinking about, remember that video that they released of Nick Saban breaking down Texas A&M's final play of the game Yes, and how perfectly diagrammed Alabama had that play to mm-hmm. make, make sure that I was like, Nick Saban's going to do it again. Like I thought like, there's no that way was, that Alabama's going to let this be. That was essentially that play too, because that's what Texas A&M was trying to do. Cause they had shut off everything else. They were was pushing it the same play outside. basically? Everybody has that general concept. It's the central design in their playbook. And it's like, such a bold strategy to kind of go with the same design that failed uh, earlier in the year. And it wasn't even close to failing this time. The guy was wide open and yeah. he has a very good football family. You can't let that guy run wild. Um, but I thought that I'm, I've such a hard um, way of, of processing when to go for two, because they say, if you're the worst team go for two, um, but LSU might not be the worst team. And they were also at home. I guess it doesn't matter you're confident in your team. You send your team out there and I'll never bag on a coach for betting on his guys. Yeah. I I think it's a gut thing and you're feeling very confident in your offense. Mississippi state wins by the way. So uh, Auburn, almost an incredible comeback. They were down 21 at one point. Carnell Cadillac Williams coaching debut. He did a hell of a job They They should not have been in this game this long. So yeah, it was, that's pretty incredible, but congratulations to Mississippi state. You get the number one team in the country next week. Georgia's coming, but this is uh yeah, the, the LSU decision to go for two, I was fine with just because the way the, the game was going, I felt very confident in Jalen Daniels and, or I'm Jaden Daniels. And I texted you before the, the final Alabama drive in regulation where I said, there is no quarterback. I am more confident in, in this situation than Bryce young. Yeah. Sure enough. He took him down. They kick a field goal. It was not the prettiest field goal, but they get it in there. And I just assumed Bryce is going to take him to, to victory in overtime. But when, when Daniel scored on the first play of, of LSU's overtime possession, you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. With ease, with ease. Yes. They could not get him. They, 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 they struggled to get him down all night. And this is what we talked about. This is what we talked about was, was it a mirage that their offense looked better against Florida and Ole Miss because Florida and Ole Miss's defenses aren't good? Or were they figuring things out while playing less challenging competition? And I think the answer is probably choice B. Yeah. Uh, who's the biggest winner of the day? Like, is Georgia just the biggest winner because they beat Tennessee at home and then they don't have to play Alabama now? They, they probably don't. That's the next thing I want to talk about. You know, do do we think LSU is going to win out? Arkansas and Texas A&M. We I think, think they're we gonna, do. Yeah. We think they're going to win out. Okay. Because that's that's the thing. Are they going to... If they win out, they're playing Georgia for the SEC championship. Now, we did not include LSU in our lucky 13 last week of the, the teams that we thought could make the playoff. But we, we had the caveat, if they beat Alabama and they're the presumptive SEC West champ. They're back in. Yeah. They're back in. So they're, they're back in. in. Illinois yeah, they're back out, in. they're in. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and like I don't even want to think about the idea of like if LSU slips up and then Alabama somehow sneaks their way into the SEC championship game and then beats Georgia, they're in. Well, So I listen, guess technically speaking, Alabama's not out. Alabama's got to go to Oxford and play an Ole Miss team coming off an open date. Yeah. It yeah, ain't well, a given that Alabama's going to win next week Well, it's either. like, listen – Whatever, 
we said about Brian Kelly successful first year you beat Alabama at home I don't care what Alabama it is you put yourself in a position where you're probably hugging on the top five of the uh you know second edition of the playoff rankings you did what you were supposed to do in, in a year and it makes me think that hey like you said everybody always talks about fit winning is the best fit Yep. Uh, it makes me think that he has a real shot there to win a national championship now, re- in the next remember, four or five years. So remember, Ari, LSU has to lose twice. Oh, for Alabama. Oh, Alabama's they're, out. Yeah. yeah that, they're, they're, I they're thought second, it was one time. Yeah. yeah. No, their, their second loss or their other loss is to Florida State. So that's not a conference loss. That doesn't count. And yes, that's right. So, so they have the head to head against Alabama. Well, I guess, yeah, because. Well, they need Alabama to beat Ole Miss. They don't. They need. They, they don't need any sort of three-way tie situation. Yeah. So to, the question that we, I guess we have to answer here is, what is your diagnosis for what's wrong with them this year? With Alabama? Yeah. Uh, the lack dynamic receivers that that can separate. I think we've seen that enough to know that that's a problem. And then I don't know that they cover all that well. Yeah. I think a pass rush isn't a problem. Their pass rush is very good, but but I don't know that they cover that well. Yeah, I mean they got a great running back. Offensive lines, I thought, kind of got beat up a little bit. To be honest, I thought LSU's defensive line was well, was nasty. Listen, Ali Gay and, and Ojolari have been good all year. Imagine if Mason Smith been playing all year. Yeah, no, I, I know. Mean, that, that's and didn't that, injure himself on the and, dumbest possible way. Not that he's dumb. That it's just yeah, a it's freak just, accident. Just yeah, just awful. And Harold Perkins. Is that dude? He might be a top five player in the entire sport right now. Yes, like that's like one of those. I'm going to ask Dane Brugler. Dane never likes it when I ask him about guys that aren't draft eligible. But I'm going to be like, where would Harold Perkins get drafted this year? Yeah, wait. Six years from now, you'll be asking him about high school seniors on the draft board. It just it it always uh, is scooting up year by year as the recruiting calendar scoots up. But man, that guy's special. Yeah. Um, and listen, if they. I mean, they got him in the the late signing period. That guy was almost at A and M this year. He was committed to A and M. They flipped him. So uh, we will talk about Texas A and M much later in the show because uh, we have too much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, but with their flu so game. But I think we have to talk about each of the teams first, and then we have to go into like playoff scenarios because yes, yes, wins weekend. But let's just like, contextualize everything first. Okay, so okay. let's let we've got LSU and Alabama. So LSU. Now, LSU has an 11 a.m. local kickoff at Arkansas next week. Arkansas just lost to Liberty. That was Hugh Freeze essentially saying, hey, Auburn, if you'd like to see my resume, here's another line for here's you there. A, yeah, here's a copy of it. Uh, yeah, okay. So I think let's just go right to Tennessee, Georgia. We have to get into it. Well, let's let's uh, let's do Notre Dame. Okay, Clemson all right. First. Well, if you want me to start spitting dragon breath 15 minutes into this thing, then we'll do it. I, I feel like you've earned it. I told you so. So Ari, the floor is yours. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if I think I have to say it to you or the people listening. I maybe the, everybody who got mad at me on Tuesday for saying that Clemson was basically a fraud and reminded me of fourteen uh, Florida State. Like the Clemson mentions on Tuesday were just flooding, 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 flooding. They and knew, let me say they knew in their hearts of hearts. Let me just the, say that the, the, they were exactly like two thousand fans. If you were giving me crap last week about the 2014 uh, Florida State comparisons, let me tell you something. You're right. I was wrong. Uh oh. Florida State didn't lose. Yeah, you didn't have. Yeah, Dallin you. you Cook. Don't, you're lucky to get that to get that comparison. <laughs> yeah. Not even close to being as good as that team was. So, uh, 
you know, the thing about their offense was they've had flashes where it looked good, but the symptoms of what we saw tonight of complete and utter incompetence, whether, I mean, they couldn't move the football on Notre Dame were there. Like the, you, you knew it was, they still had it in them. And, and, you know, and I, even if you watch the live show, you'll tell me, you no know, Clemson's in trouble. I said before the game started, the line was weird. Uh, I think one of their best defenders was out of the game. Uh, but like they just couldn't score. They couldn't move the football consistently. DJ got benched again and then brought back in. Like it's just not a very good football team this year. And it's a very good football team in comparison to 95% of the sport. They're good. They're Clemson. They win, but they're not elite this year. And I didn't, you, you could see it early on in the season. And we thought we were going to get to a point where, hey, there's nobody could beat them on the schedule, but it turned out that somebody could, and that team was Notre Dame. And you got to give Notre Dame credit because they were on the mat, and they beat the crap out of them. They beat the crap out of them. And if you watch the second quarter, too, it wasn't even like you remember the one thing that we said on the show we were both wrong about, Andy? I, I can't think about uh, a world where Notre Dame is moving the ball on Clemson at will on the ground, and they can't throw it. It's like they yeah. ran the ball down their throats the entire I, second I, I quarter. Was, I was so wrong about that. I, I was shocked. So, you know, that's shocked. You know, I, I just, I don't know what. I don't like this, like, I told you so thing because I'm wrong so often. I shouldn't, like, gloat when I'm right. But, like, this is a show. And, You've like, been playing a long game on this one, we, though. I think yeah, you've we earned don't, it. We don't uh, – I don't have any, you know, vested interest in it. It's just, like, calling it as it is. And it is what it was. And now it opens up the door to a tremendous few months of podcasting because – there isn't a team that's just taking up a spot. Now that there's a spot for the taking and a lot of teams that want that spot. Let me ask you this. Okay. Is Clemson definitely out? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they're definitely out. Um, Chaos. I don't know. They got their, they got their butt. Well, I was talking about uh, blowout losses. Right. Like if we're going to say that Tennessee's out because they got blown out, Clemson got their butts kicked. Like this was ever 35, 14 was a war. I would say that Notre Dame blew out Clemson worse than Georgia blew out Tennessee. Could you, I, could I, you get there with me on that? I would agree with that. Yes. So I, I actually believe that they are out. So I, I'm with you. I think from a practical standpoint of if you get to where Clemson is in the mix for four or five, the committee will pick somebody else. Because they don't want to put Clemson. Yeah. They will not And like if the options Clemson. are Clemson, Tennessee. Here's the thing. I think I'm pretty certain that Tennessee is probably going to be there at the end of the year as a one-loss team, right? So you have to think about blockers right now. And I'm going to write a column about this on Monday. But is Tennessee an Oregon blocker? Yes. Because if you have to pick between those two, you're probably going to go with the team that beat Alabama and right. lost worse or, or lost not in a better way on the road. To Georgia, yes. And it was a true road game, right? Right. So – you know, Tennessee's resume is just better as well. So if you have that blocker there, uh, who's blocking Clemson? Because both of those teams probably block Clemson, right? If Oregon's a one-loss camp- a conference yeah. champion and they're only losses to Georgia, that's a far I, more I would excusable a, thing. A 12-1 and one Big 12 champ TCU should also block Clemson. Probably, yes. And yeah. I, like the thing about it is if they would have lost to Notre Dame by three and it was raining and it was just one of those games – you know, you could talk yourself back into, hey, they, they've got a good coach, a proven coach. They've got talent on the roster. Maybe this is the fourth best team. But the fact of the matter was is that it is a uh, a blowout loss. 
against a team that lost some really bad games this year. And I know that going to Notre Dame in this environment probably isn't the easiest place to play, but that I would say that that loss tonight was worse than Oregon and Tennessee's loss to Georgia. I, I think that's fair. I also am not Those sure. Those teams got their butts kicked, but they well, got their butts kicked by the best team in the country. I'm also not sure Clemson finishes. Yeah, they might lose again. You, I, I honestly, lose, North Carolina they, they could, could beat lose them. That game, well, if they could lose that game, they could lose to Louisville, they could lose to South Carolina, and they could lose to North Carolina. Yeah, because it's like a, not even a conference game. So they're, they're still not, lo- completely, they're not losing to Miami, but they're still completely within their controlling their own destiny world to win the conference. And they could be a one loss conference champ without a conference loss. But I don't think that they, that offense is going to put them in a position to absolutely 100% beat everybody left on their schedule. And if you, like Notre Dame is a flawed team this year, there's no question. And Notre Dame just took it to them in every facet of the game and weather is an excuse. So I think that they are done. Uh, they, they have had their time in the shine, their helmets, not getting them in. And you have Clemson. That's absolutely out. You've got Alabama. That's absolutely out. And you have a bunch of really good teams now that are in that mix for, for, uh, three and four with Ohio state and Georgia still, still alive here. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Notre Dame has clearly gotten better as the season has gone on. Drew Pine has definitely gotten better since being forced into action after Tyler Buckner got hurt. Drew Pine was doing stuff with his legs that we've not seen at all this yeah, season. Yeah. Is Drew Pine going to save me a grand this year, Ari? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be careful, buddy, DTR because if they keep getting too good. Then you're going to give a USC another quality win. A now that's the thing. So, uh, like, did Ohio State just get a better quality win now because USC because uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame beat Clemson? Like, is Ohio State viewed differently? I don't think that that stuff really I don't matters. Think people were already uh, viewing Ohio State pretty view well, it. so I don't. Think no, I know, that, but like, you don't really get that extra feather in your hat. Like, you don't just change your mind. Like, I think that the win for Notre Dame was was it hurt Clemson more than it helps Notre Dame as a as a candidate you know i don't know yeah. if notre dame's going to sneak back into the back half of the top 25 now which would be incredible because they definitely are in our it'd like, rankings it'd be like the Ascon uh, rankings uh <laughs> gotta put notre dame in there somewhere but yeah i don't know like so the thing is is that we have two definite teams that we don't even have to talk about when it comes to the playoff right now georgia yeah. and ohio state those two are in right I michigan definitely. is still a part of the conversation well if michigan beats ohio state they just flip right 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 so michigan probably should be three right like who's going to be three Okay, Georgia's going to be one. Ohio State's going to be two. I would put Michigan three, TCU four. Yeah, so here's the thing that we're not considering is that if Ohio State and Michigan play a close game, the loser of that game might actually There's get a chance. better odds of getting in and better looks than Clemson would. Well, like, right. would you take and 11, if, if, 11 and one Michigan and 11 and one Tennessee or 11 and one Ohio state and 11 and one Tennessee that there's a, yeah. there's a, a if Michigan goes on the right road there. and loses to Ohio state by three, they're still a more attractive candidate to me than, 
than Clemson would be. So they're yeah. they're so dumb. But you have teams that are still technically alive now, and mm-hmm. we can make our list again. But the there there are two spots now instead of one that are kind of up for the taking, and we're going to get some new blood in here that we're not necessarily accustomed to seeing in the recent past. You've got Michigan that's still alive, obviously, playing Ohio State. TCU still alive. Oregon's alive. USC's alive. UCLA's uh, alive. LSU's alive. Right alive. Is Ole Miss alive? Ole Miss is is not not alive, not in control. They're alive, but not in control. Yeah, because of the side of the conference they're in. Yeah. Um, UCLA is still technically alive. Yes, they're playing as we speak. So there's a there's a lot of teams that are alive in two spots instead of one, which makes this whole discussion more fascinating. Um, the thing that I would say now, Andy, is that. I like Tennessee's chances of making it more now than I did when it, directly after they lost. Well, I wouldn't say that they were as about, dead. Let's talk as, about as, that game. Okay. Because we need to give Georgia their flowers before we even talk yes. about Tennessee making the playoff. Georgia was awesome. I was right that Georgia probably could score it well on Tennessee. I was completely wrong that Tennessee would be able to score it well on Georgia. Tennessee got shut down by Georgia's defense, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, I was wrong about that. That that was bad bad prediction by me. Yeah. Um, the thing about that game is, and you know, there's no other way to really put it is that you can be the best schemer in the world. I said you could get the guy from a beautiful mind to craft up these plays that you couldn't see. You could have the notebook from the coach of the water boy. <laughs> if you're getting your ass kicked on both lines, you're not going to win the football game, and you're not going to have a very good chance. Of, now, I, of I will the argue that the game plan that that George's defensive coaches that, that Glenn Shubin and, and Will Muschamp and, and Kirby Smart put together was pretty good because it was sure. very, it was different than what they've been doing. They came out with a different look for Tennessee than they'd given to some other teams and Hendon Hooker could not handle the pressure. They, they tried to heat him up the whole game and, and it succeeded. He was holding the ball uh, before he'd catch it and throw it. One, this is where the stars matter part comes in. Their DBs can run with Tennessee's receivers. I saw people saying that Keely Ringo couldn't run coming into I, this where, game. Who got? Who, who would get that impression? Like I don't where, know. Where but I saw him run that? pretty good. He uh, runs in that pretty game. great. Yeah. No matter what. <laughs> um, so yeah, here's the thing that I have to say, and you have to let me say it because, and people are going to predict it, but. Tennessee was a fun story. Tennessee beat Alabama. I think we got more context in what that that win means. Um, you don't erase the gap between Georgia and you in one year. I don't care how great your coach is. I don't care how awesome your quarterback turned out to be. I don't care if Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt turned out to be the reincarnation of Devontae Smith. It takes a lot of time and a lot of program building to be able to stack your team up athlete for athlete and beat Georgia, especially on the road. And as you were watching that game, the one thing that was continually prevalent throughout the entire game was Georgia has dudes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Put it on my epitaph, dudes everywhere. And you just can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't fake your way we through. Gotta make, when you, we got to make you a hat that says yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they do. They really do. And like the fact is that there, when you say stars matter, it's not about individual players turning out to be really good. It is the wealth of how many they have on this team that makes it so demoralizing for anybody who doesn't. 
They keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and they hit you and they hit you and you hit you and you can't beat them. Who's the the receiver that caught that pass that looked like Calvin Johnson in the back of the end zone? Former top 60 player, not in Georgia's game plan at all the last two years, comes in and makes a, an amazing catch. That's He's just the like, fastest player on their team. No, I know, but like he, do you see how tall he got up there? He climbed the ladder, man. Oh, yeah. He, like, it, it just like that guy is just a casual dude that Georgia brings off the bench. They bring him off the bench on the lines. They bring him off the bench in the skill position players, and they are just better than you. And it's palpable. You can sense it. You can feel it. So as we... We talk about stories next year at this point in time, next October, mm-hmm. when another team turns out to be 8-0, mm-hmm. uh, and they're fun, and they they upset a really good team. I'm going to remind myself, if you rank number 19 in the 247 Sports Composite, the boogeyman will be waiting for you at the end, and the boogeyman is Georgia. The boogeyman is Alabama. The boogeyman is Ohio State. Eventually, you will face mm, a team that okay. is built that way, and you will lose. Well, this is an interesting question, though. Who is the boogeyman now? Because I think the boogeyman torch got passed in Indianapolis last year. The real, the, the one. There are multiple boogeymen. Bo- they're boogeymen, uh, but the one I, boogeyman I, I, of the sport. I, I realize that, but and Georgia's the boogeyman right now. Right. Okay. That's yeah. what I was. I was getting at. So. But I'm saying if you are a team that's really, really good, you've got skill position players, your coach is smart, you have a great offensive game plan, your quarterback's awesome. Eventually, whether it's in the regular season, if you play in the SEC or in the playoff, you are going to play a team that has 19 first round draft picks on it and you are going to lose. So last week and the week before when we were talking about Tennessee and whether or not they were a national championship contender. I got my way around into saying, hey, if, if Tennessee beats Georgia, they actually could do it, and I would be They were going to break your brain. Shambles. They yeah. were going to break my brain. And I need to remind myself to not get weak in the moment, to double down and say it will not happen. It cannot happen, and it won't. It just won't. They don't – you just can't it's – a, it's a physical game when depth is important – and eventually you are going to play a team that can just keep sending dudes and dudes and dudes because there are dudes everywhere and they're going to beat you. <laughs> and that's the fact of the matter is, and if you don't think that stars matter and you want to send me JJ Watts uh, recruiting profile, you don't get the point. It's about a wealth of them. It's about when your guy gets injured, you bring another one off the bench. When your guy gets tired, you bring another one off the bench. You play another team. They don't have those. They're not fresh. Their injury can ruin their season. It just, you cannot win. That said, Tennessee had a remarkable season. Their season is still ongoing. They have no, three no, more no, no. But I'm games. saying we're, we're putting a we're going right. to put the at this the point, national championship discussion to bed. Hopefully. Barring absolute disaster, the worst thing that can happen to Tennessee is they play in the Sugar Bowl. And if you would have given Tennessee this this exact result four months ago, they'd have been like, "Hell yeah, hell we'll yeah, take it. give it to me." Yep. So now is the hard part. For Josh Heupel. Now it is, look what we could do in one season. Can we build a team where our team has dudes everywhere? And that's what they're going to, it's going to be NIL. They got Nico coming in. You got to get guys everywhere. And when I say dudes everywhere, I don't mean, th- go look at the the 247 sport composite. No, you, you, you need those huh? Alabama graphics where they had, here's the starting yeah. offense in 2012. And the NFL team that all 11 people play for. And here's the starting defense. And here's the NFL team that yeah, all 11 it's not people play three for. Three top 100 players in a yeah. class. It's 14. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It, and then over the course of a four year period, that's almost 25 more top 100 players on your team, which is almost a quarter of your, or more than a quarter of your entire class. You know how you know you've made it when your when favorite Ari team messes up math 
involving the top 100 when he's talking no, here's, about your team. Here's when you know you've made it. Yes. Okay. When your team is playing Alabama, and every single time a person on the other team makes a play, you say, gosh, darn it, we were the final two with that guy. Mm-hmm. Or we almost had that guy. Or the time that your guy makes a play, oh, man, he was almost going to Georgia. Or that guy. Because when Alabama and Georgia play, all they do is see each other's recruiting boards. When Ohio State plays Alabama, all you do is hear the 20 guys that Ohio State was recruiting that they didn't get. Yep. That is the, the company that you need to be in to win a national championship. That's exactly right. So update on the USC game. And Ari and I are continuing bet about whether USC will make the playoff in Lincoln Riley's first three years. It is 20 to 20-7 USC over Cal at halftime. Cal is wearing some beautiful uniforms, but I do not think they're going to win this game. Uh, I'm need not a big UCLA yellow helmet guy myself. Oh, I, I'm a fan of these. These, these are sweet. I, I realize they're very close to Pitt uniforms, but I really like Pitt's uniforms too. So, uh, yeah, Pitt has amazing uniforms. Everybody believes that. This is this is true. Pitt is it. All right, let's the talk real bunkers. boogeyman. <laughs> exactly, an unranked <laughs> Pitt as you as you just texted me is the real yeah, boogeyman. Yeah, I don't want to uh, take that for myself. Somebody uh, posted that in the live chat, and I laughed. Ah, oh, very nice. Well, we'll have to find that. We got a lot of comments in the live chat. Keep it up, guys. Uh, we have, we've got to talk about clunkers mm-hmm. because you pointed this out on the pick show on that we recorded Thursday afternoon. You said the weather is going to be weird in Evanston. It is going to be a problem for Ohio state. It's going to be a problem for Northwestern too, but it's going to, it's going to make those teams closer together. So, all right. What does that mean? What it means they didn't look really good at all. I'm screaming at my TV. Well, they, I didn't have them on a on a full TV. I had them on a on a secondary screen. I'm screaming. They never got the up sec- to the big TV at any point. Uh, they did. They did for a little bit. But <laughs> I was screaming at, at at whatever screen they were on. Just run the ball and you'll win. They couldn't. I know. I know. So that's. But that's. So to me, it's like. A lot of Ohio State fans in my mentions because I was pointing out all the same things that they were pointing out during the game were upset, and they're like, are you seeing the wind? And I, I saw the wind. There was a 30-mile-per-hour wind, right? And they were showing uh, Noah Ruggles, the field goal kicker, trying to attempt field goals uh, in the warm-up, and he was hitting these ones from 30 yards, and it looked like it would have been like they would go through by 15, 20 yards, and then the wind catches it, and it just drops like in the end zone. Like yeah. So the passing conditions clearly weren't – up to speed with it, it, what, depending on what was order it was, whether you could even throw or not. Yes. Basically. So like, even if that's the case, you're playing against a team that hasn't won a game in America this year. Now they beat an American team. If you want to call Nebraska an American team, they did. Uh, but they are a very bad team this year. And Ohio state wants to win a national championship and it can't move the ball on the ground against Northwestern. So, I don't know what you think of that game, but I don't necessarily believe that I feel good about this in any way. And when you look at the way that Michigan turned it on, you know, people were like, yeah, well, they, they were losing to Rutgers at halftime. Joke's on you. They also stink. Or That is a problem because it is a symptom of what happened to them last year, Andy, and that is that they got out-toughed and they got knocked around by Michigan physically. And Ohio State's a very gifted passing offense and their defense under Jim Knowles is much improved if they can figure out how to properly use the uh, the defensive line rotations. They've got a really good defense. But if they play Georgia and they can't run the football ever, they're, they're going to have trouble. a problem. Yeah, they're so, in big trouble. And, 
And if if C.J. Stroud can't handle pressure. Now, C.J. Stroud ran the ball better today than I think we've seen him run it before. But that was out of sheer necessity. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you would have told me that he would have more rushing yards than passing yards today, I would have spit out my drink before. He, but he did. You know, 76 yards passing, 10 of 26 for a 2.9-yard average against Northwestern. I don't know if they were playing in the movie Twisters, the set of Twister. You know that? Yeah. Were they playing football there? Cal. Maybe they were. I would have. Yeah. If you would have said if Ohio State was playing Northwestern on the set of Twister, would he have more than 76 yards passing? I would have been like, <laughs> yeah. All he would have to do was do a shovel pass one time to Mayan Williams and watch him run for 60 yards up the middle of the defense. It was a bad game. And the, and the most thing about Ohio State, and I've said this on the show before, and I want to know if you agree, but they seem to be disinterested at times. And if yeah. you watch the game, they they look up into the sky, they're they got their arms on their on their hips. No one's enthusiastic. No one's trying to make a play it's and they they're they play. playing they're playing so many teams in a row. But how many times can you do this before it's an near issue? Near their level. It's always an issue if you expect to be the best at the end of the year. Like you need they, to be challenged. And but you also need to have a, a mindset that you want to crush the bones of your opponent no matter who they are and no matter what time it is, no matter where the game is located, and no matter what the crowd size is. You have to kick ass when you're out there. You only play 12 games a year. And right. I understand that Georgia had a clunker against Mizzou. It happens. I feel like it happens to Ohio State all the time and not just this year all the time. No, it, it, it's definitely going back in their history. They have these games. I mean, we know about the Iowa loss in 2017, the Purdue loss in 2018, games that they had no business losing. And especially yeah, no and some of those games, they got out schemed and had some personnel issues that exasper, exacerbated the issue. Exacerbated. Exas, exas, Keep trying. Exacerbated. Nope. Exacerbated. <laughs> nope. Exas, I can't pronounce it. Exacerbated. Nope. One more time. I know how to I say a word exacerbated. Nope. Exacerbated. Spell it. Exact. I'm going to Google it. Exas- write it down. Yeah, right. Okay. Google it and then say it like it's written. Come on. Exact. Exacerbate. That's what I've been saying. I can't <laughs> say that word. <laughs> it's funny because now the next time I try to say it, I'm going to say it e- wrong because you exacer- my head up. Exacerbate exacerbated 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 it's something baited i don't know what it is dudes everywhere <laughs> dudes everywhere baited uh that's that's uh but it what was i even saying <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I don't even remember lost. what i was saying no we, we were you were talking about it the situation gets exacerbated when they keep doing this over and over again and they don't yeah yeah they don't you know. They, and if they you, don't if take you, things serious because because that's how you get, especially when your schedule is kind of backloaded like theirs is. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say to you, if you're an Ohio State fan and you're listening to the show, my message to you is you've got two to- choices. One, you can go off into the week feeling like it was the wind, act like it wasn't a problem, or you can acknowledge that that game was not just the wind. It's up to you what kind of fan you want to be. Personally, I'm going to keep it real. I always do. That game was not the wind. It, it played a part in it. Played a part in it, sure. They played like crap. And you play like crap too often, you will lose a game. And Ohio State, over the course of the last 10 years plus, 
with very good teams similarly built to this one have lost games as a result mm. of playing that way. Right. And, and look, yes, it was windy. You have five NFL offensive linemen and you're playing the worst team in your league. You should be able to physically you should be have 400 yards of offense of exactly. just running the ball. Yeah, you should you should you should have never had to throw like Bill Belichick did against the Bills in Monday Night Football last year when the wind was so blowing so hard yeah. and Mac Jones attempted three passes like that. That should have been your game plan and, and should have been easy for you. Let me ask you this. Same conditions, same Ohio State attitude, same stadium, same time, same everything. How many teams in a power five conference at Ohio State have lost to today? Oh, a lot. I mean, think about it in those a terms. Lot. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. It was bad football. So snap out of it. We'll be right back after these words. Michigan was down at half against Rutgers. Piscataway was rocking. I mean, it was it was Jersey. It looked like it looked like the set of Jersey Shore. It looked like the club. It was the, those uh, LED it lights. Was Tony Soprano. Ooh. You know, have you seen that that cheering meme? Exactly. Uh, uh, Italians cheering. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, it got away from him real quickly. Had me reaching though, for the gabagool. Yeah, 30, yeah, thirty-eight uh, nothing school point differential in the second half, uh, and that's kind of you know that's a clunker, but the monster woke up. But that's how you do a clunker. You clunk yeah, for a while, you and you're like, and then, oh okay, wait, we're better. We're Let's better, and we're just going to kill you now. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. You know, I don't know what one, you know, Michigan is a very good football team that plays tough. Blake Corum is an absolute savage. Uh, and this game is setting up very similarly to the game that happened last year, which is Michigan played a tough, tough, uh, hard-nosed brand of football. They ran the ball first. They didn't have a dynamic passing game. Ohio State came in, finesse throwing the ball all over the place. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson catching passes on Sports Center's top 10 plays. You think you're going to throw for 500 yards and the Michigan just kicks the shit out of you. So, like, I don't know if they learned their lesson from last year, but it is very similar. You know, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, uh, you know, Michigan's pass defense gives up yards and they can't throw the ball. It's like, did uh, Cade McNamara have to make one play in that entire game last year to win? No, they just ran the ball down their throat. That's exactly right. It's very similar to last year. And now I, this one's at home, and they they might have a different attitude, which will help. Ohio State is more talented than them. They've got better players, but Michigan's getting closer, and they play they play harder. Oh, no, 224 with maybe the best assessment of the, the Big Ten East I've ever seen. Harbaugh designed Michigan to beat Ohio State. They built Ohio State to drop 50 on Michigan State. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the the way that Ohio State's recruited, they just don't have very many weaknesses in the talent they're bringing in. So, you know, it's it's a very weird situation because it's like, oh, you hire a new defensive coordinator to give your team a personality. And that personality is supposed to be grit and and being able to, you know, out-tough your opponent. But I don't know mm-hmm. if you can instill that. Like, I don't know how to instill that. Was it harder workouts? Is it longer uh, sessions on the ropes there? You know, I mean, I, what do well, you do? It's, it's, it's weird because it's it's very hard with with blue chip guys to de-recruit the blue chip guy and then make them understand that they've got to work harder, that there will be games where they also have to have outworked the other team and not just out-talented. That, that was for the longest time Nick Saban's superpower – is getting those guys to understand, hey, if we don't treat this week like we treated last week, 
then it's going to go badly for us. Mm-hmm. And I think Kirby Smart's doing a great job with Georgia. Now, they, they had the Missouri game. I, I get it. But for the most part, they show up. Like, they don't have that many clunkers. I would, I would rank Michigan ahead of Ohio State if I were on the playoff committee. I think they should, too. I, 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 there, are, there are things that concern me about not just them not being able to run the ball, not just them giving up over 200 rushing yards to, to Northwestern. I a team that this, can't even throw it. They weren't even right, like there right. was there was no there's no mystery to it. You know what throwing. they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, you know what they're going to do. And I realize they have an NFL left tackle, but that's one guy. So I said this last week though about Stroud under pressure. It it worries me. He does not seem to to operate like you. You just watched Jaden Daniels and and Bryce Young play. Both those guys are very good under pressure. You watched Hen and Hooker have a lot of trouble with pressure. You watch Stetson Bennett not have as much trouble with pressure. In fact, uh, there were, there was one play, I think it was one of the touchdowns where he uh, it looked like he was going to be sacked and he and he got loose and and got out. And so it that that can change everything for an offense. So yep, I I am probably more confident in Michigan than than I am in Ohio State right now too. I I, I think so. Maybe we should just revise those. Right, we go Georgia one. Michigan two, Ohio State three, TCU, TCU four. four. That's probably how I would do it. All right. Let's talk TCU because if you just look at the final score, 34-24 looks like a, a fairly comfortable win against Texas Tech. That was not an easy win at all. Texas Tech was had them against the ropes. They were getting after Max Duggan. Uh, you know, our, our guy, Dane Brugler, our draft guy, loves Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher for Texas Tech, number 19. And before this game, I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about his love for him. After this game, I'm like, yep, that checks out. That tracks. Yep. Because he was just terrorizing Max Duggan. But TCU hung in. They kept scoring. They played some very opportunistic defense. They they got some, some fourth down stops that they then cashed in for touchdowns. And they're still undefeated. And... What they've done... 21 straight points in the fourth quarter on your home on your home field. Yep. Again, again, get down, come back. What? Maybe that's just this team's personality. I, I realize the committee loves game control and, you know, do you win? are you winning throughout the game? I understand why you would find that important, but sometimes a team just, just is the way it is. And this team gets down and they come back. I'm very curious to see them play Texas which tends to take leads and then give and them up. blows them <laughs> yeah, as they so. almost blew a 31 to 10 lead to Kansas state. This, I mean, hey, exactly to Texas for kicking their butts for the most part. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be B. a banger John Robinson, next weekend. Yeah. Bijan Robinson saw the hen and hooker French's mustard deal and was like, no, hell no. I am the condiment King of NIL, but, but let's, <laughs> let's talk TCU because I think if we look at what TCU's done now, the shine is a little off that Oklahoma state win because of what has happened to Oklahoma State in the state of Kansas the past two weeks. But the Kansas State win still feels pretty good. You know, we, we saw them beat Oklahoma, and, you know, Oklahoma is better with Dylan Gabriel, but they lost to Baylor today. So I just, the Big 12 is full of teams that are pretty good and can yeah, beat you like, on a given you, day. How do you value that, too? It's just like, let's just take a Big 10 strength of schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just use Michigan's for an example. Michigan's going to go through the season and 
you know, maybe this is a bad example because they'll have to beat Ohio State at the end of the year. But would you rather have two marquee wins and a bunch of rubbish around? I said rubbish. I don't know why I said that. I was going to say. I was going to say British on us. I was going to say a curse word, and then I was told not to say them as much. Um, or By would your you wife? take it? No, my dad actually. Oh, how about that? Said I sound less professional when I. When use does curse it words. stop being a bleeping coincidence? Yeah, in private it's okay, but I think <laughs> okay. he's got a point. I got to be more professional. professional. Uh, I. Uh, we do a podcast where I eat like $30 worth of Taco Bell if I lose a bet. I don't know how professional we really are. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just having a good time. Would you take a team, a, a schedule full, like what's harder? Getting two marquee wins against very good teams or above, like much above average teams? Or would you rather have tough outs every week? The, the one that can keep winning with tough outs every week is probably the more impressive team. Because that's what TCU is. Now, at the end yeah. of the road, you know, if they beat Texas next week, they're going to get credit for that. Okay. They will. They're going to the get advanced rankings. Love te- Texas. Yeah. And, yeah. And beating. I mean, listen, they don't have a marquee win. But if you go look at their month of October. Oklahoma. At Kansas. And that was during the time where Kansas was really like that was like the game of the week. Yeah. Oklahoma State, which at the time was number eight. Uh Things have kind of fallen off there, but still a tough win at home. And then beating Kansas State. That's all in a four-week period. Like, that is a very hard How many bowl teams will Texas or will TCU have beaten? TCU, I don't know. Is is Tarleton? Tarleton's not going to make a bowl. Colorado's not going to make a bowl. But SMU is. Oklahoma is. Kansas is. Oklahoma State is. Kansas State is. West Virginia won't. Texas Tech might. Texas will. Texas will. Baylor will. Iowa State might will Iowa State's got four wins right now. I, I'm going to say will. I don't know. It's it, it's hard. They got a Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and TCU. Left. Every Probably game they not. play is so close, but yeah, but they might. Yeah. So we're talking what eight bowl teams wins against eight bowl teams, and it would be nine because you'd have to beat another one in the in the Big Twelve championship game. Yeah. So it's but the thing is is. It's a shame that TCU won't get the respect on its name that it deserves. Um, be, but I do think that they deserve respect for getting through this schedule. You know, for better or worse, like, do you believe? Like, the, the, here's the thing: Do you believe in your heart that Texas or TCU could beat Georgia? Like, how many no. times out of a, they they can't? Right? So I don't think so. We we know this, and we have to understand like how to how to put this into context as we describe who should be the four team. You know, it's hard because you want to respect them. They've earned it. They're going to win their conference. Probably they have a really tough schedule for what they're doing, but like really how many teams in the entire country could actually beat Georgia? I asked this Chris Vanini was at my house watching the games with me today. And I said, it was one of my deranged. Would you rather? And I'll ask it to you. <laughs> okay. If you had to put one team a person breaks into your house. Uh-huh. He he holds you hostage and he yep. says I'm pl- Georgia's playing a game on a non on, on an indoor field in a non-conference situation mm-hmm. or in a playoff situation. Yep. You have to pick one team to beat Georgia. If Georgia wins, I'm going to kill you. Yep. What team do you put on the field against Georgia? The Buffalo Bills. 
<laughs> you survive. That's it. You, <laughs> it's exactly right. And then all, and then like the cards fall, and I don't have a would you rather anymore. But like honestly, I, it's like my my now, version. If I had to pick a college football team this year, yeah, probably Ohio State. And I still think I'm probably getting killed. Yes, but, you are. You're but I'd get- have it. But I'd I'd have a chance because if they play the their best game. They that's have my a chance. That's my roundabout way of yeah. like doing the truth serum thing. Yeah. Because I want you so take Ohio State out of the equation. Okay. Then I don't I guess Alabama. That's but I it. I don't think they'd win. So but that's it. So I'm saying you're you already know who the best teams are, and Alabama's yeah. not even in the picture anymore. And I don't, so I don't think they have a chance picture, against Georgia. Yeah. There's nobody left yeah. that can beat like I'm talking like if TCU played Georgia. They might lose by 28. Like they are, they're a very good football team and they might be in the playoff, but they are not at all equipped to beat a team like that. So as we have playoff discourse for the next month, six weeks before you and I are in Viva Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. We're doing live shows in Vegas, by the way, guys. Yeah, you can come out in Vegas, meet us. Championship Saturday and on the Sunday Selection when the playoffs. Sunday. When the playoffs field is announced, we will be at the sports book at Mandalay Bay. Well, I might be at the Mandalay Bay buffet, but um, <laughs> exactly, we'll thank, be in the Mandalay Bay. Th- thanks to our friends at BetMGM. Yes, we will. We will be there. So, but like that's know. the hardest part about this is that we have to try to rank teams and find two spots for teams that legitimately have a zero percent chance to win when they play uh, Georgia. Here we go. I bet Missouri could do it on a positive note on the uh, on the Is that who you would take with your life on the line? Would, Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. They're the, they, I mean they, they, they wouldn't be the worst choice. They, they may wind up coming the closest this year. Yeah. So, so it's like it's really hard. When uh, we say that we you and I were were positive that Georgia was going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game last year and they didn't. So they do like play the games though. for a reason. If you, you wouldn't you wouldn't even take LSU over Alabama. You just no. take Bama. I know. I know crazy i'm like i'm like a person who sets the line in that way kansas is bowl eligible Ari, we we were wondering when this would happen it happens with a victory against oklahoma state which should never go into the state of kansas again after the past two weeks kansas is a good team man (laughs) they're a good team jason bean baby yeah (laughs) gotta Got to give them the respect they deserve, man. Uh, they're a good football team, and they didn't just win; they they, they kicked rocked. their butts. They they kicked butts. So you know, and I'm excited to see Kansas has got a really really big game uh, at home this time against Texas in a few weeks. I'm excited to watch, and oh. um, they're a sneaky good football team, and I they deserve all the credit in the world. And you know, I I think that we spent a lot of time in the early part of the year having bits about Kansas and being undefeated and, you know, rank them cowards and all the funny things that we used to say. But like at a certain point, you got to turn the page and just say, you know what? They're a really good football team or a pretty good football team, really good for their standard. And they had a tough, you know, stretch of three losses in a row against uh, TCU, Oklahoma and Baylor, which was probably the toughest stretch of their schedule. But they come out of it with a win against Oklahoma State and they still have a chance to do something really special the next few weeks. So I'm, I'm very, very much excited to see it. And I do believe that we should be giving them, uh, you know, like you say, give them their flowers because they deserve it. What what a good year they've had. Kansas had 351 rushing yards against Oklahoma State. Golly, what a butt kicking. 
Oklahoma State, again, we're a bad at math podcast, so I, I'm actually using the calculator on my phone for this. Oklahoma State was outscored 85 to 16 the last two weeks in the state of Kansas. I could have added that one up. They be, they beat Texas, and then that happened. And golly, but we it was it was getting frustrating because Kansas was stuck at five wins, and you you really wanted to make sure they got that bowl game. And listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Lance Leipold's going to get going to go somewhere else, going to get hired by somebody else. But just enjoy this. Yeah, enjoy this, and because what this means is it doesn't have to be that bad. And and I realize Mark Mangino won really big at Kansas, but I think people looked at the last three was it three coaching staffs, it, the and and said, "There's no way it, it's not possible here," but it is possible. So we we will see what happens with that after. But you've got Texas Tech. You got Texas. This would be the third win against Texas since uh, since 2016, right? If they win this one, yeah, it would be. Yeah, and that's not a gimme on the road. Well, no, no, that's at home. They beat Texas. I meant for Texas. Oh yeah, no, it's absolutely not a gimme. Yeah, I mean they they lost to these guys at, at home last year. So yep. And then and then the Sunflower State Showdown is going to be great. It's going to be the best one of those in a long, long time. Yep. All those things. So congratulations to Kansas. Now you can start dreaming of what bowl you're going to go to. And that's a, you're just playing for placement now. And that's they should uh, send them to the Bahamas because they deserve it. Oh my God. That would be, <laughs> I, the big 12 does not have a deal with the Bahamas bowl. No, I just get, they give it to them. Just throw Brett, them out there. Brett, your mark, big 12 commissioner. You're making magic. Anyway, you did this great TV deal. Just call ESPN and be like, listen, we're going to make this happen. We will give the Mac one of our bowl spots. And you put Kansas in the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah, just put the Mac in Detroit and just be done with it. You know, it's exactly. Well, the Mac's already in Detroit. No, I know. Put them back in. You know, well, give 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 the Mac like the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, that's and still fun. Why? No, I said that's still fun. It is. It's great fun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Central Michigan or whoever goes to the, to the uh, Toledo goes to the Alamo Bowl, and Kansas goes to the Bahamas. Who loses? Or, or Who Vegas. says no? Yes, yeah. BSE says Bahamas or Vegas. I like it. Because the fans deserve it. Go over to, what's that casino called? Atlantis? Atlantis, exactly. Well, I mean, you know. No, that's where everybody is. Like, the, yeah. the, everybody stays at Atlantis, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like in the movie Vegas Vacation, you know, when a man can walk through a casino with an extra 10 bucks in his pocket, pay a little extra for steak, and that's a good day for for that man. You know, let, <laughs> let those exactly. Kansas fans experience it. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't think the Cal Bears are going to help me win my bet with you. So, no, no, I think that the door is wide open for a, you know, here's the thing I said last week. And I'm, I'm I, like I said, I was supposed to write about it last week. I'm going to write about it this week. Oregon seems to be the best team in the Pac-12 right now, but they have the worst completed resume if you give them all win outs. Right, because they played Georgia instead of playing like Cincinnati the first week. So like USC, I think if they beat Oregon and they beat UCLA on the way to the Pac-12 championship would be more attractive at the end of the year to the committee than Oregon would be if they went out. So because like you, they're in that weird conundrum of blocked by Tennessee now, and that makes it even more compelling than it was a, a week ago. Um, so I don't know. The Clemson loss today makes Notre Dame a better win uh, for USC when they if play. If they win, yes. And it, uh, 
the door is open for them again if they keep winning. So I don't know if they will. I think that they might lose to UCLA. I think they might lose to Oregon. But if they get those two wins and then they somehow beat Notre Dame on top of all that and then they somehow do that, then USC is an attractive playoff candidate at the end of the road where there aren't four teams that are shoe-ins right now. And that should be scary for you and your wallet. I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy something really stupid with your money. I don't I know what it's gonna buy, be. Yet. I think you should buy like one steak. Like one I'm sure in Vegas there's like a thousand dollar steak. You yeah, should maybe. buy one steak. Or maybe I'll or use I it and I'll go get two five hundred dollar steaks. So that at least you can enjoy part of it. Oh, I, I would I would eat both of them because we are going to be together you. in person if and when that happens. That's true, but but well, yeah, we would if if USC makes it this year, we will be sitting in next Vegas to each together. Other. Exactly. So yeah, no, I mean I I would what I would do is buy two five hundred dollar steaks and eat them both in front of you while you eat a salad. Okay, that's what you should do to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to think of it. It's going to be humiliating for you, though. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I have no doubt. All right, let's let's talk Big Ten. One other thing that happened. Well, no, before we leave the Big 12, Baylor-Oklahoma. I don't have no idea how this game ended up on ESPN+. Plus. USC just scored again, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. But okay. it, it, it was a banger, Baylor and Oklahoma. Now, yeah, not you were right about that. An Oklahoma fan who, who wants your team to play some defense. But Baylor's found itself. They crushed Texas Tech in Lubbock last week. They, they go to Norman and win this week. Now, it's, it's probably too late, but now they're, they're a really tough out, which makes things interesting. Yeah, it's a shame they lost to West Virginia on the road that night uh, because, you know, they would have only had one Big 12 loss and they'd be firmly in the, in the mix to win the Big 12 uh, this year. And they have Kansas State, TCU, and Texas left on their schedule too. So that, mm-hmm. that, that's a tough final month of the, of the season. But if um, you're TCU, how scared are you to go to Waco in a couple weeks? I think that's a that's probably their most likely game they're going to lose. It, it's, it's interesting because they play Texas next week. So this is the most talented team they're going to play is next week. But the scariest game is probably the week they after. Got, they got Gary Patterson wearing burnt orange on the other sideline, though. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. That they do. <laughs> that they do. So, do you think TCU is going to go undefeated? I I think it's very hard. It's sort of the same thing I said about Clemson last week, where you know I didn't think Notre Dame was going to beat them, but I thought somebody of Notre Dame, Louisville, I don't think Miami would, but South Carolina or North Carolina, one of those would, because it was just they just weren't good enough to beat all of them in a row. If that makes sense. Yep. And TCU. They've lived somewhat dangerously. Now, again, if you keep doing this, I'm just going to go, that's your personality. I get it. But I still, I look at having Eventually Texas the magic runs out, up. though. Exactly. Exactly. The ball doesn't bounce your way one time. So yep. it, that's that's where I'm, I'm at on TCU. And, and it's the Baylor game that I kind of have circled for them. Now, Texas will get up to play them. And Texas has really good players. But I think TCU has been so consistently good and they will be you know, way up for that game. Yep. But but Baylor going to Waco and they'll punch you in the mouth and and the, their style of play is tough to deal with in the Big 12. So, yeah, I that that's the one I would circle for TCU. Let's go let's go to the Big 10. Michigan State had to su- suspend eight players after the incident in the tunnel at Michigan. And of course, deservedly so, given what happened. But 
Would you have had them beating Illinois after that? You know, you, you can say what you want about Mel Tucker. He gets them up. He uh, he wins games that make you scratch your head a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. You know, Illinois is a good football team. I'm not trying to take anything away. But, like, beating Wisconsin after that four-game losing streak that they were on where they were just getting blown off the field uh, was kind of a weird win. And then, you know, after what happened to them last week to come out and beat Illinois on the road – you know, they, they do seem to find a way to not completely let the wheels fall off. So that that's a good thing if you're a if you're a Michigan State fan. And you know, I think that Illinois is still very much alive to get to Indy. Like I haven't given up on that hope yet. Oh, I, uh, I think they're very much because they they their two losses in the Big Ten are in or to East teams. And they're gonna have a third loss to an East team soon. Right. Because they but still they play beat, Michigan. But, so I don't But know they've what, beaten everybody they're supposed to beat, and none of those teams are all that good. Yep. So, you know, great year for, for Brett Bielema. Uh, I guess Michigan State needed something to feel good about, and they got it. So, as I wear Spartan green. <laughs> well, how about how about Jim Leonard, by the way? Do we think, yeah. he's, we think he's got the full-time job? That's what we said when Paul Chris was fired. We said, this looks like they're giving him enough runway to get the full-time job. I, I feel like what, yeah, so I'm after pretty the confident Illinois game, that he's so going to get three it. And one. He's three and one. They they lost to Michigan State. Yep. That's it. Yep. They beat uh Purdue, North, Maryland. And Purdue, then the, Maryland. They beat Northwestern. And they beat Northwestern in, in Maryland. Yeah. So they got to play Iowa. At Iowa next week. Big game. Uh at Nebraska at home in Minnesota. They could finish three and oh. Mm-hmm. And he could go six and one after the team started three and two or two and three. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that they knew what they were going to do before this went out to have the confirmation of, hey, this is going to be a good decision to work out for you. Makes you feel good if you're a Wisconsin fan. Yeah. And and so it is it, that one feels like it's going to be tied up neat and clean. We don't know what's going to happen in Auburn. That job opened this week. Hugh Freeze did give himself another resume line going to Arkansas. Sure and, did. And, and, and they were up 21-3. Arkansas scores two touchdowns. They get the two-point conversion on don't the first one. Don't forget the safety. Don't. Oh, that's right. It was 21-5 at one point. Yeah. So, but but Arkansas scores two touchdowns. They get the two point on one of them. They do not get the two point on the other one. They end up losing by two. I mean, this is this is one of those, if you're Auburn, you have to look at this, and you were looking at Hugh Freeze anyway. And you have to decide that do you want to deal with the baggage or not? But if you decide you can deal with the baggage, does he go to the top of the list? Yeah. Like he's number one on your list. If you if, I think you, so, if yeah. you decided you can deal with the baggage, he's number one on your list. I don't know if you'll find a lot of people that wouldn't be confident that he would win there. Oh, I, he's a very it, good football it coach. Perfect. He's it feels that. perfect yeah. for him. Yes, and he could probably. Uh, it's like I don't like comic book movies, but it's like <laughs> that uh, that movie Dark Knight, or no, it was the it was another Batman movie, but the villain that goes, oh, you know that guy with the thing on his face, Bane. Yeah. It will be very painful for you. <laughs> you know that whatever that guy is. Didn't he say some of you were You adopted the, the darkness. Yeah, you adopted I was born the to it, brother. I was born to it. Yeah. And then yeah, that I think that uh I people who are listening to the podcast can't see me doing this with my hand, and that's a really big shame for you. Uh but he was in the darkness. This is like he was made for Auburn. It's a it's a matter or not Auburn wants to admit that <laughs> that he was made for them. That's the problem. 
Justin, yeah. Wow, Andy and Ari say Baylor has a better chance of beating TCU than Texas does. Texas will be favored against TCU more than like we know Texas will be favored against TCU. Go back and look at every single Texas game that they've been favored in over the past three years, and you'll understand that that does not matter. <laughs> exactly. I will say that there's a guy uh, there's a guy at Texas who knows TCU's roster pretty well, but I don't know. Yeah. It's we'll so, see. Again, yeah. back back to Hugh Freeze. Who went to Fayetteville and won? They're eight and one with a one the, a one point loss to Wake Forest, the only blemish on Liberty's record. They've been through a bunch of quarterbacks this year. Listen, I I was always saying I don't think that Auburn will do it because of the baggage, but you know what? I'm starting to turn on that. I'm starting to say, you know what? If you want to just win unapologetically in the NIL crap here, of course they do. Let's go. Everybody just wants to win unapologetically. Everybody is one bad loss away from saying, I don't care who it is or what they've done. They could have murdered somebody. Bring them in. You know, like it's, it's what we're not talking about any of those stuff. We're talking about football. Still the greatest press conference ever. Speaking of former Arkansas coaches, when, uh, when Tom Jurich brought Bobby Petrino back to Louisville, he'd gotten fired at Arkansas. Then he'd been at Western Kentucky. And then, then he goes back to Louisville and the, and the press conference, you know, cause normally the, the AD is like, he's a fine molder of young men. Tom Jerks is like, yeah, we know it. You know what happened. We know what happened. Here's Bobby Petrino. Talk about football. <laughs> yeah, go talk about football. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully we'll win. Yeah, it's it's going to be something. I, but well, I am. Sports I am, fans are seasoned enough to know that they can separate their heroes from what they do. Eh, yeah, that's true. It, and and the game day signs will always be incredible. So, yeah. So Ari. Now we get to a game. I'm gonna. I already did the math on this one since we're a bad at math podcast. This game featured 1,352 yards and 65 first downs. Is this speak, the SMU game? I speak, of course, of SMU beating Houston 77 to 63. <laughs> Man, I wonder I, what was the total on that before the game started. I ooh, that is a great question. Let us you you vamp and I'll look it up. I mean, I, I can. Uh, these eyes, these eyes are never going to see another level one tonight. One level oh, see, at least I knew the words. I don't know the words. Uh, let's see. Somebody asked if the over hit. The, yeah, number was, the number was 65 and a half. So SMU hit so the number by itself. It? Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't even know what to say about that. It's hilarious. It's unbelievable. It was one of those where there was the, the, the meme of, uh, you know, explaining, oh, Houston's offense is great. They have 35 points and they haven't punted in the first half. And it's like, <laughs> surely there w- it's a blowout, right? It, it was a blowout, but they were losing. How did they score 77 points and their quarterback threw for nine touchdowns? Tanner Mordecai. Nine Unbelievable. Points. 379 yards and imagine nine if he touchdowns. Was, imagine if he was still at Oklahoma. And, and Dylan Gabriel had gone out. 10.2 yards per uh, reception or yards per, per attempt. No, per, per attempt. attempt. Yeah. No, not per attempt. Per yes, completion. Per, per, no, per attempt. We're a bad at math podcast here. Three, 28, for th- 28 completions for 30, 28 out of 37 completions for 379 yards. That's 10.2 yards per attempt. Exacerbate. It is <laughs> three hundred seventy divided by. That's what that number's always been. 
Yeah. Yes. Yards per completion is a silly stat because if you go one for 30 with a 99-yard pass, your yards per completion average is 99 yards, but you had a terrible game. Oh, man. I never knew that, dude. Wow. Am I not, I'm not supposed to be I'm not I'm not supposed to be admitting that. Nope. I thought that it was a 10. You're point, exacerbating the problem, right? I'm exacer- exacerbating the problem. <laughs> uh, he had 10.2 yards per attempt and nine touchdowns, which means he almost had as many touchdowns as yards per attempt. It is. It is truly amazing. Uh, what was the I got to find the score of that Houston SMU game right after SMU got the death penalty. Because I think they almost put up 100. Yeah, they scored 95 on that team. It kind of right. seemed like they could have scored 100. I mean, they had, 50, they had yeah, 56. They, so they won, they won that game 95-21 and had 1,021 total yards. That's that was, pretty good. That was in 1989. So this is essentially SMU getting its revenge for 1989 for Andre Ware. Feels good. Feels good to be back, baby. We're back home. <laughs> Dallas, stand up. <laughs> That's right. All right. Another guy I want to talk about, well, let's talk Heisman a little bit because okay. uh, Bo Nix had another big game against Colorado. I believe he's produced 18 touchdowns in the past three games, whether it's running or throwing. Meanwhile, Drake may basically drug North Carolina to a win against Virginia. These are two guys I think should probably end up in New York. I do feel like if Drake, if people look at Drake May's stats a little closer – they're going to be stunned. Yeah, you're really uh, big on the Drake May bandwagon this week. You were kind of getting there last week, and now you're you fully arrived. The train is in the station. Well, he's not. He's not doing this with. We've talked about that. We talked about this on the the bonus show, where some guys just have so much better talent around them than the teams they. I play. mean, Josh Downs is probably a top five receiver in the. In Josh college, Downs right? is really good. <laughs> yeah, but Josh Downs is their best receiving threat. And they've played games without him this year. He had 15 receptions for 166 yards. He was incredible against Virginia. He could not be covered. No, but your point stands. And and the thing about Drake May is that people don't realize this because if you look at him, he looks like a pocket passer. That dude runs their leading rusher off. Yeah, he's he's North Carolina's leading rusher. So he's completing 71.2% of his passes. He's thrown for 2,964 yards. And 31 touchdowns. He now leads the nation in touchdowns because he was tied with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud didn't throw any, right? They were all rushing touchdowns for Ohio State on yeah, Saturday. C.J. Stroud so. had zero touchdowns. Yeah. So he's leading the nation in touchdowns. And it's not like he they're doing this to pad his stats. He's doing this because he has to because their defense is bad. Yeah, out of necessity. Um, and he has 500 yards rushing ish 500 ish yards rushing so uh yeah i mean i think i could get behind that you know the thing that stinks about the trophy is that if they lose and when they lose probably well nobody think about how many people have actually watched north carolina game this year you and i have we text each other during north carolina games i love watching we're we're always amazed by the defense but it's not they're, they're not games that that are featured like this game against virginia was kind of buried in a in a pretty solid slate of of noon Eastern games. Well, I mean, also too, if you go look at their last five games, it's Virginia, Pitt, Duke, Miami, Virginia right. Tech. They're not the best. It's not the best matchups. So so you know, we'll we'll get a Clemson game maybe. 
Yeah. They're and, playing and, Wake Forest next week. What are we talking about? That game well, was bonkers last year. Take take that over. Because it's we did this last year and I said I'm not doing it. And you we I think I lost a bet on it. Yeah. Well, I mean I think because it was 77 or something. And North I'm like, Carolina's I'm just- defense is certainly worse than it was last year. I don't know that Wake Forest's offense is better than it was last year, but North Carolina's offense is better than it was last year. So yeah. let's let, now Bo Nix. I want to I want to talk about him because this is another guy that, that we should be talking about for for New York, if nothing else. Obviously, Oregon's still in the mix for a playoff berth. Oregon still very much in the mix for the Pac-12 title. Probably the favorite for the Pac-12 title. He is completing 73.3% of his passes. Uh, he's thrown for 22 TDs. He's he's thrown for 2,495 yards. And uh, he's also run for, let's see, 457 yards, 6.6 yards of carry. That's including sacks in there. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's running the ball really well. And he's got 13 TDs on the ground. So Bo Nix is kicking ass. And good for him after everything he went through at Auburn. Okay, so now who do we actually think is going to win it? I don't know. Because these are all like fun now, but they're not going to... Because Hendon Hooker was the guy that that was the popular choice. It's going to be hard after... If Ohio State beats Michigan, C.J. Stroud's going to win the Probably C.J. Stroud. If Michigan beats Ohio State and Blake Corum runs for 180 yards... Blake Corum is also a worthy candidate. Exactly. Exactly. If USC wins the Pac-12... Yeah. You know how weighted shot, this Caleb stuff Williams. is. It's so weighted to the last three weeks, two weeks of the season. This award, yeah. it's yeah. like you can rack up all these stats in the world and be. Well, fun think about if Caleb Williams has big games against UCLA, Notre Dame, and in the Pac-12 championship game, there's a really good shot Caleb Williams either wins the award or, or at least ends up in New York. Yeah, yeah, but I, it's still, uh, it's still kind of like. So early, even though it's November, it seems early or late, but it's not. It's so early in the trophy because we're all like waiting to see which team, which player is going to be on a good team still, you know? Yeah. And it's exactly. like if Oregon goes out and wins the Pac-12, um, you know, Bo Nix becomes a more attractive candidate to me. Yep. So we could say Jordan Travis for Heisman. Nobody would know what that means, but Florida State kicked the crap out of Miami. Everybody was watching Alabama LSU. I had I had it on on one of my like my tertiary or I don't even know what the fourth one fourth screen would be called, but Miami looked horrendous. Yeah. They're like, they needed a running clock in this game. It was so Miami is so bad. Mario Cristobal. Like I I know everybody's saying it's, it's the John Ruiz guy and it's NIL and that's, that's how they're getting commitments from these guys. I almost think they're just going, look, you're starting next year. Come, come here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oregon fans are just like, ah, Mario can't coach. You'll see, and it's happening now. And yeah, I'm gonna give it some time, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them get their roster it's, together. But it's oof. not, uh, early returns aren't great, Bob. Meanwhile, what I keep telling you about Mike Norvell, they keep playing better, they keep getting better. Give Mike Norvell <laughs> till next year, I think they're gonna be pretty good. They're getting their butts kicked in Florida. That's all. It's hard, it's hard to really buy in. Florida State, you're talking about the recruiting trail, yes. Yeah, that's that's going to be the tricky part. Florida is, has eight, 18 commitments, I think, from blue chip prospects in the state of Florida this year or 14. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Napier's gone really hard in state. And that's that that's the problem. If you're Mike Norvell, if Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal are getting all the dudes, 
you're going to have a problem. So, it, yeah, tell me more about how hard his teams are playing for him. It doesn't matter. Hey, whatever. They're playing better, and if they get yeah. better, they're still getting better recruiting classes than they were getting. Now, it'd be nice if they had Travis Hunter, but Dion out-recruited him for him. So, yep. there you go. Now, one more. One more game. And a few weeks ago, a game like this would have been the first thing we talked about because, holy crap, it's still happening. Texas A&M had their flu game today. Connor Wegman couldn't start. Haynes King had to start. They were out. Like The, the list of players who were out for Texas A&M was shocking. I sent it to you. Hold on. Let me go yes. find it. I want to read it out loud. Say it, something. Now, it, this, okay, is, found this, it. Is, this is illness and injury, but go ahead. Out for Texas A&M today. Starting left guard. Backup left guard. Starting center. Starting quarterback. Starting receiver. Starting receiver. Backup receiver. Starting defensive end, starting defensive end, backup defensive end, backup defensive end, starting defensive tackle, starting linebacker, starting cornerback, backup cornerback, backup cornerback, starting nickel, backup nickel, starting safety. And that thing was nip and tuck for a half with Florida. Yeah. Like, I mean, I honestly, like, right I was at looking at the live lines. Like, Florida was basically even to win, like, late in the second quarter of that game. And I was just, like, waiting for the wheels to fall off. And they yeah. finally did. It's like, I don't even know how to analyze it. It's just another bad break in a season where that nothing's going right. But it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to pile well, on Jimbo thing. if you this can, entire team was out with the flu. And I don't think you can. I, uh, like, I mean, what kind of flu was this, though? Well, apparently it's a flu that ripped through the entire campus. Oh. That's just you're wondering, like, is this a work? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, I mean... I've never seen an entire team get knocked out by the flu before. It's just a weird... Well, Florida. actually, you know who had this last? Florida State had this last year against NC State. Oh. Very similar situation. So it happens. But, yeah, they, they've lost five in a row. I I don't know. There's We've said everything there is to say about Texas A&M right now. It's year five. It's supposed to be better, but it's not. Um, Yikes. <laughs> I do, I do want to – Nathan Cole did remind me before we close the show. Nathan Cole in the chat says, hey, don't forget to give Iowa their props for putting up points. It's two Ari. weeks in a row. They've got to figure it out. Ari, Spencer Petrus, 13 of 23, 192 yards, 8.3 average per attempt. Per attempt. Very nice. Anything over eight's pretty good. Iowa put up some points. Iowa moved the ball. Crazy times, man. We are living through the All fun house doing here. Is giving Kirk Ferentz enough excuse to stick with it because it improved at the tail end of the next year. Like if you're an Iowa fan, you gotta you gotta be rooting for it to burn. Because if it shows signs of life, then you're giving him you're giving him something to say in news conferences when he says, "Why did you retain your coordinator?" You're you're saying the Iowa fans are just begging for them to be shut out by Nebraska on Black yes. Friday. What do you think? You think that it's like, oh, you know how coaches are. You know how Kirk Ferentz has handled this at the podium when asked if he keeps his son in charge. He'll be like, "Did you see the second half of the year? We have it all figured out." Did you see that Purdue game? See that it's Purdue be game? Great. <laughs> That's what happens. You got you got a disaster. Sometimes fans. is the only way to get out of it. Poor it's, Iowa fans. Poor sometimes Texas out fans. is through. Sometimes out is in. No, out is in. Uh, yeah. Sometimes the way out is in. I think it's the seals say the only way out is through. I think that's what it is. Sometimes the way out is in. We're gonna stick with it. Exacerbate. Exacerbate my terrible analogy. We'll talk to you Tuesday.